Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Home podcast, where I say, as you know, home is more than just these sticks and the bricks that you live in. And this episode was a lot of fun to record, mostly because I pretty much just got to sit and BS with a friend of mine. Uh, when I did the Equifax episode, I had a friend reach out to me and tell me that I had made a fairly poor recommendation. She said it much more strongly than that. And I decided to have her on to issue corrections and then also to help with some of the suggestions in terms of keeping your identity safe. And she also wanted to talk about cats. So we also did that. Uh, it might be a benefit to know that we put this conversation together over two different sessions. So if there's a funny edit somewhere, hey, uh, deal with it. And without any further delay, Let's get on into our conversation. And everyone will think I'm a douchebag and won't know that it's a joke. It's okay. Uh, I'll laugh because then when I go back and listen to it, at least then I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I know what that meant. It's a douchebag. Um, I, have, I have a question for you at the end when we're okay. done because I figured I was uh, wondering if your guests get to ask you a question. You are welcome to. Today, I'm sitting with one of my favorite people, a, a fantastic human being, lover of cats, and, and mi- minor Twitter celebrity. Is that... Is that what... Like, are you sub-minor, or are you just minor Twitter celebrity? I would probably be, like, F-list okay. Twitter well, celebrity. I'm, li- I'm like, double Z-list Twitter <laughs> celebrity. So, good friend of mine, Tori Burns. So, like I, like I often say in my life, and as I've been doing this podcast, I... I just end up feeling like I know all the best people because different people who have skills and abilities that I didn't know about or things that they love and work on, they kind of come out of the woodwork. And that's sort of how you ended up here <laughs> is you told me how wrong I was about some things. And we're going to get into that. We're going to have a whole a whole section on what Keith gets wrong, which I'm really excited about. Oh, but so am I. W- welcome to the show, Tori. Thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> First of all, I mean, the whole premise of the show is that here we live in Utah, and it's an interesting place to live. Uh, people can end up here accidentally. They can end up here for any number of reasons. But from what I've found, everybody chooses to stay for a reason. It's not like moving to the coast of California, and then it's 30 years later, you're like, huh, I don't know, I just sort of ended up here, and it was nice. Like, Generally speaking, whether you're part of what you'd call the mainstream cultural movement, whether that be political conservatism or, or Mormonism or what have you, or you're not, you really have to make a solid decision to stay here right now, mostly because in the winter, nobody can breathe. But outside of that, there's a lot of different reasons that people come and stay. So what I like to do is have people tell their Utah story in terms of how, how did you end up here, what that was like for you, you know, in your time here, and then why you stick around. Okay. So how did I end up here? Back in May of 83, my parents were feeling a little frisky, and then I arrived in February of 84, and I kind of stayed. <laughs> there, wasn't much, there wasn't much choice there. <laughs> yeah. Your, your parents happened. were here, therefore you were. Yeah. So it kind of just happened that way. I don't even know how my parents... I think they were born here, too, so I uh, know, but... Because yeah, you, you grew up a little bit differently than... Well, especially than like I did, right? Yes. And, I had divorced parents. I was adopted, so I my father adopted me when I was like three from another guy who was on my birth certificate. So technically, I have three dads, so it's kind of exciting. So I have my biological father, my birth certificate dad, and my adopted dad is kind of how I usually put it. Never met my birth certificate dad, which 
doesn't really matter in the scheme of things because he doesn't really matter. He was just a name that ended up there because my mom needed to fill something out. Mm. From my understanding, he lives in Florida. Uh, so I got adopted when I was three from my my dad. And was, he's my dad, really. Uh, I met my real biological father when I was 15. Yeah. So it was like, you know, a normal Saturday. And the best way I can put it is like, you know, when you're hanging out with your kids and you're like, hey, kids, guess what? I bought tickets and we're going to go see a movie. So imagine that. <laughs> and so my mom's sitting in her bedroom and she's like, hey, come on in. Come look at this stuff. And so first she tells me about a sister that she put up for adoption when I was little. And we go into the, all of those details. Well, it's not much details. She just told me her birthday and what hospital she was born at because that's all she knew. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that's interesting. And I kind of thought it was over. And then she's like, oh, and the guy you think is your dad is not your dad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. Well, okay. <laughs> and um, and then she's like, well, and he wants to meet you this afternoon. Okay, so hold, hold on. In the space of like... Two and a half minutes. Yeah, basically. You, Maybe it was like 10 minutes. Okay, but... well, what was you say? 10 minutes. You found out you had a sister that got put up for adoption. Yes. That the man you thought was your dad wasn't your dad. Yes. And that your biological father wanted to meet you and that that was happening in a matter of hours. Yes. Okay. And so, yeah, she, I mean, she went into a little bit more detail about how my biological father has an older son than I and two younger daughters. Than I. So I gained four siblings in a matter of 10 minutes, and it was kind of like crazy. Mind you, I was 15 at the time. <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those, like you're you're already emotionally weird. And then to kind of find out that for 15 years you had a real dad who lived in the state and and I don't know where he was, and now he wants to be a part of your life, and it's kind of weird. So anyway, she's like, go get ready, because we're going to go hang out with him. And you're <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> so the best part is we got to go meet him at Arctic Circle. Oh, every 15-year-old's dream location, right? I, I know, right? The best shakes or fry sauce. Mm -hmm. I don't Play on the, the yeah. urine-soaked playground. Yes. So that was really exciting. So then for like the few hours that I had to prepare and <laughs> imagine what my real dad was like, it was weird. And I don't know, you, I guess you kind of start thinking, oh, maybe he's really cool. Maybe he does this. Maybe he does that. Maybe he is like tall, dark and handsome. And this is going to be amazing. And then I get to Arctic Circle and my dad <laughs> is shorter and round and he has this awful mustache like horrible handlebar mustache horrifying to a 15 year old embarrassing like you do not want to be no, no, seen you're, anywhere you're leaving out an important detail that you shared with me before what was that the hat oh yeah and a cowboy hat <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm just mortified like 
oh, it was so sad. I was just, man, this is my dad. This is so disappointing. I, you had higher hopes for where... <laughs> I did. I did have higher hopes, but I was like, well, I'm only five feet tall, so I can't imagine my dad <laughs> was really that tall and dark and handsome, but it was kind of funny. But I did find out that he is a motocross rider. He raced out in the desert. So I was like, he he redeemed himself a little bit. At least he does something kind of cool. Yeah, because yeah. then when I went to high school, I was like, oh, I can't hang out with you this weekend. I've got to go to the desert. and got to go to the desert cross and help my dad. Yeah, with a race and <laughs> do cool things. And so the guys kind of thought that was cool. So he redeemed himself a little bit, but that mustache is awful. And he has it again yeah. and like a mullet. And it's like, dad, really? Stop. So that was the day I met my biological father at Arctic Circle, and it was really embarrassing. But I I grew up in South Jordan, Utah. Pretty basic Utah. No, but it's not. It's like you say pretty basic Utah, but it's not because you didn't, like I said, you didn't grow up like me in, in a lot of senses, like in the, in the conversations we've had in terms of like, I grew up Mormon, and I grew up in a family of seven kids, and... I only have one dad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. So. So what What was that? What was that like? Yeah. In the neighborhood there, I did grow up in a very LDS neighborhood. So if you wanted to hang out with any of the neighbor kids on the weekends or even on Sunday, you go to church with them. Back when I was younger, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal to like, oh, I'll go hang out at church with you, and then we can hang out afterwards and play. Little did I know, it's like three hours long, but it's <laughs> I got to play with my friends, so it was fine. But it definitely was like that stigma, like you had to go to church in order to hang out with the kids in the neighborhood. So I definitely did get reeled into that, mm-hmm. if you will. So... But it's okay. It taught me some really interesting things and some good morals, too. Well, like, I drink coffee, so I obviously didn't learn, learn from that. But now, I need you to, to understand something. That for, for somebody like me, had we been closer in age, right? Because you were born in 84? Yeah. Okay, so we're like five years apart. Had you been in my high school, you would have been so scary to me. <laughs> and, and not for any other reason than that you drank coffee. I didn't drink coffee in high school, though. Oh, okay. Then you wouldn't have been so scary. Well, yeah, because I was still trying to be that, like, even though I wasn't LDS, but I was still trying to be that I'm still good. Like, Mm. I'm still a good person. I still, you can still hang out with me. I'm not a bad person in the eyes of other parents. Mm. So, So it was was tough, I Mm. will say. I I definitely have seen my son now not have to have the same challenges I had when I was younger. Well, it it seems to have changed a bit. Like, I know growing up, one of my best friends, he didn't didn't go to church. And that was not really an issue. But I've talked to other people. And I just, my parents were not that hooked into that aspect of it, right? But I've talked to other people, same generation, same time period, maybe even the same neighborhood. Where they're like, no, I can't. the Mormon kids couldn't play with me. And so it seems like there's a whole lot less of that going on now, which is great because that allows our communities to be full communities where nobody feels like they don't belong. Exactly. I definitely, I feel that's definitely changed. I mean, not in my neighborhood because I'm a hermit and I'm never going to belong, but (laughs) you just never come out. You don't talk to you. You're one of those old people that sit on the 
on the your front porch, porch and you're like with a pellet, fist, pellet, pun, fist. pellet gun full of rock salt yeah telling kids to stay off my lawn yeah i picture it now I need to have a front porch before I can do that. <laughs> I'm going to build one just so I can sit on my front porch and yell at kids. Perfect. You tried your best to belong while staying as true to yourself as you could. Um, a lot of people I know in that same situation, they bail out of here as soon as possible. What made it so you didn't do that? That was the plan. Oh. I was going to be... I was going to move to Australia That as soon as I got out of high school. I was going to move to Sydney, Australia. Uh, the, I think I pulled up how much a one-way ticket to Australia was going to cost. And my plans kind of <laughs> changed a little bit because I was like, oh, I guess, you know, a 17-year-old can't really do that. It's, that's a little... That's a little tricky. I should have I should have looked this up a little bit earlier and saved more money. That kind of changed a little bit. And then I ended up married very young. And oh, I, so you did follow the normal trajectory. I did. I, I ended up following the normal Utah standard. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Stereotype. Mark, stereotype. Yeah. Something like that. Did get married very young. I was 19, just turned 19. And then I had my son at 20. So we were both babies. My husband at the time was 21 and I was 20. And so we were just little, little guys trying to figure out the world. Ba babies having babies. <laughs> exactly. That didn't really pan out very well, as you can imagine. So unfortunately, we got divorced and that's the way things go when you get married at 18 and 19. So well, now you're married to like somebody that I... I admire a great deal just because of people have listened. He's, he's so amazing. He's he's the one who was on the mountain with me when I broke my leg <laughs> <laughs> and kept me calm. That day. So, that day in, still kills me. In stories, he's just referred to as my buddy Bailey anymore. So you get through that. Yeah, get through that. And so now I have a, you know, I have a son here. And so I want him to kind of grow up in a... Utah is a good place to raise kids. It's You don't see Utah on all the news with crime and horrible things happening like you do maybe Chicago or <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> I have clients who will move here, like, for example, from Chicago. I had some clients move here from Chicago, and they were saying, okay, we just want to live somewhere safe. I'm like, okay, well, define safe. And they said, in our old neighborhood, there was bulletproof glass on the drive-thru at McDonald's. And I said, we don't have that here. And they said, okay, well, anywhere should be fine then. Because anywhere is going to be safer than where they were. Of course, they ended up in East Sandy because isn't that where? <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you want to raise your son here. Anything else that, yeah. that keeps you here? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, several weeks ago, put out an episode on the whole Equifax hack <laughs> and some things I know I got right, but I got a text from you that was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so yeah. I was so excited when you said you, you'd be on the podcast, because first of all, I just think it's great for me to have a segment here where I get to have somebody tell me where I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So let's move into this. <laughs> Tori, what do I get wrong? <laughs> okay. I might have so, to have you just on random episodes telling me what I get wrong. Just little little, little segments of Tori, what did I get wrong? So I would totally do that because <laughs> that would be so much fun. I love telling people what they're doing wrong. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that about me. In your podcast, you suggested they go 
to Credit Karma to view their credit report. But you you set me straight in this regard, so... (laughs) Yes. So I don't recommend going there. They are a for-profit company. So even though Mm. they are offering everything for free... It is coming with a price. They aren't selling your information. I did read all of their terms and conditions. So they are not selling their information, but they are using your information to then target you the very best, perfectly little packaged loans with like warm cookies and soft little kittens on the side that you will be so tempted to sign up for those loans uh-huh. that they then make their money. That's how they make their money. So, so they're not they're not directly selling your information, but they're using their information to put together products that then they play middleman for essentially exactly and they know all of your information and they know Mm. your credit score and they know exactly that you will get approved for it and so they're giving you they're giving you exactly a product that you will get so that's just how screwed up this whole thing is with like information is like i know so credit karma is not the best resource just because of of the way in which they do business you did have a recommendation Mm. for another Yeah, so federal law does mandate that you get a free credit report once every 12 months. What I like to do is usually like January 1, I go to, the website is annualcreditreport.com. Then I pull my credit, I look at everything, they'll give you the resources to dispute anything that may look like it doesn't belong. You do have a lot of... There's a lot of resources out there that... And, and one of the reasons that, that I have you on is to talk specifically about the Equifax hack and, and identity theft. Let's just move into that because you kind of already started talking about that. Give us some of your background in terms of why you know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to identity theft. <laughs> uh, so I did work at a credit union for nine years. I worked in... I kind of worked in the back scenes of it. I dealt with posting your credits and debits in your accounts, so that was kind of fun. If you had fraud on your account, we looked into it and gave you your credit back and all that good fun Mm. stuff. And then I moved into the marketing department over there. I was the liaison between that and the Jordan School District and Canyon School District, and I would go into the schools and teach the kids about finances. Did they all think you were a student when you'd go in there? Sometimes. like, Where's your hall pass? Yeah, it was kind of funny. It did happen a few times. So I guess that, that comment doesn't make a ton of sense on a podcast. <laughs> That's <but> true. <laughs> I'm Tor- short. Tori here is, is, a, is young, but looks younger than she is. Okay, so you would be the liaison. What would you do when you were teaching these classes? I would talk about credit mm-hmm. and credit scores and... And then, and the teachers would always want us to teach them how to write checks, which was always funny. Um, <laughs> well, it's such an important skill to have nowadays when, you know, everybody's using checks for everything. It is. Well, yeah. And it's, it's so hard to go online and pay your bills. It is so true. And especially when you're like, okay, well, then you write this line in cursive and they're like, how? <laughs> What year did we stop learning cursive? Because now this is like obsolete. Anyhow, so you would teach them about credit and all the stuff that like they should actually have, in my opinion, like real classes for in school that go over a long period of time. Like I appreciate that you would go in there and spend the two hours in the assembly teaching these kids or in the classroom or wherever it was that you would do it. Yeah. Teaching these kids this thing that's far more important than anything else they're learning over the course of the semester in terms of their long term uh, financial well-being. Yeah, this is um, true. And my poor son, he had to be my guinea pig every time I created a new PowerPoint. I was like, is this entertaining? Is this funny? Did you get this joke? And, <laughs> yeah, well, so, and no, he knows a lot more about money than he probably cares to. So, yeah, Like that gives somebody such a, a leg up. 
it gives Alex an advantage because he's, he's not going to go into adulthood the way I did. Right. I went into adulthood. Um, I'm named after my dad. I had a bunch of his bad credit on my credit report mm. and it was hard getting it all taken off. I had some state tax liens that took like three or four years to get them removed from my credit report. Credit reporting to me is such an imperfect thing because of my experience, right? And we trust in it so much. Um, and now there's even like less reason to trust in it because we've had this Equifax breach and identity theft is already kind of a big deal. So let's, let's talk about that in terms of breach or no, what are the best practices in terms of identity mm-hmm. theft and, and keeping your information safe? Yeah, so extra steps. Definitely opt out of pre-screening. Uh, and how, how does one do that? You go to optoutprescreen.com. Okay. Pretty easy. You can opt out for five years or permanently because they seem to think that maybe in five years you want to get bombarded with a bunch of... Junk mail. Junk mail, yeah. Because uh, they want you to have options. It's kind of funny, the reasoning of why you would want to only do it for five years. But The reason is that that's what their lobbyists were able to pull off in terms of legislation. Yeah, exactly. So opt out of that. And then that way you're not getting those, that in the mail. Mm -hmm. And And you throw that away and somebody gets it. Exactly. And then it has your name, your address, and all of that information. So you definitely want to shred it. Anything with your name and address, shred it. Okay. Now, is there anywhere, like, I know most people don't own a shredding machine. Do you know of any resources? I mean, I, this is just a question. Do you know of any resources where people can take things to shred? I do oh. know that sometimes your local financial institution will have like oh, a okay. fun That's what I'm shred. Of. Yeah, have a shred day. Shred, yeah, shred day okay. and you can bring a box of stuff to shred in. Or you can just use scissors. Like sometimes I sit down and just watch a good Netflix movie and I just sit and shred paper and let my cats rip apart paper because they like to do that. Cats. Cats. See, there, there's a... There's a useful piece of information because up to yeah. this point, I found my cats to be relatively useless outside of the entertainment ah, arena. Yeah, so. show them a piece of paper and show them that they can rip up paper and then it's really fun. The, but The problem is there's a lot of paper around my house that I don't want them to shred. Yes. So you have to make sure they understand that when it's okay to shred paper and when it's not okay to shred paper. Yeah, okay, so cool. What else can people do then? Freeze your accounts if you don't plan on getting any loans. So your credit. Your credit accounts, okay. yeah. Yeah, okay. So... I looked it up. It's anywhere from $3 to $10, depending on what state you're in. So okay. it's going to be a max of 30 bucks, which is That's not per credit bureau. Yeah. Like three to $10 three to per 10. credit. So it'll be a max of $30 cool. all the way around, uh, which is much cheaper than the $10 a month per whatever uh, credit monitoring. monitoring service. And yeah, if you're not going to get a loan anytime, freeze it because mm. it's no point in leaving that open. Well, then nobody can steal it because is frozen. Yeah. Now, what does it cost to unfreeze that? Do well, you, know? you can temporarily open it if you okay. need to get an auto loan. They'll open it up for 15 minutes. You just have to call them, give them a PIN number. Okay. And everything. So there's, there is a safety in place for your froze and you're going to have a PIN. So don't, don't yes. write that PIN on a paper and tack yes. it to your fridge. Exactly. And then if you are a victim of identity theft already and have a police report to prove it, mm-hmm. you can get your accounts frozen for free. Cool. So that's pretty awesome. A good idea is to set up alerts on any of your accounts, your credit cards, mm. um, bank accounts, anything like that. So if you uh, have any purchases out of state, get an alert. If you don't usually purchase things over $100, maybe get an alert. It might be a pain every time you go to Costco or something, mm-hmm. but at least that way you're getting alerted and that you're on top of it instead of credit monitoring services aren't going to monitor your transactions. I have those set up uh, with 
both of my banks, both with my business account and my personal account. And it's funny because I've had declines before because I didn't answer my phone when they called me to make sure that, yes, I was buying all of my in-laws dinner at some place that showed up as fast food. So I had this fast food bill that was like declined. And that was a real treat to iron out and make sure I got dinner paid for because it's really nice to, to try and look like the good guy. And you're like, yeah, I'll buy dinner for everybody. And it's like, your card's been declined. It's like, give me a minute to fix this. <laughs> you're like, I promise I have money. So sometimes it's a little tricky if you forget, but, but it, it does Still, help. it was nice that my financial institution actually was... That was working, you know, yes. that if somebody had gotten my numbers or gotten my account. Yeah. Okay, what else? So definitely don't leave any mail in your mailbox overnight, unless you have a locking mailbox. Like a cluster box. Is yeah. That, isn't that part of why the cluster boxes are everywhere now is it was too easy to steal people's mail? Exactly. Yeah. And so they're trying to crack down on that, which is really nice. So don't, if you don't have one of those mailboxes, get try your mail and get your day. mail as soon as possible. Yeah, fi- find out when the mail comes and... Yeah. Meet the mailman at the, the mail person, the, yeah, mail the mail person, person. at the, uh, <laughs> at the mailbox. Yes. And if you have one of those mailboxes and you are mailing out payments, uh, I recommend just maybe dropping those off at the post office. Okay. Instead of leaving them in your mailbox with that bright little red flag that says, Hey, I got some good stuff in here. <laughs> Cause uh, it's a pretty easy way to have somebody steal your checking account. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, definitely be careful there. Um, Alternatively pay online. Yeah. Or Ta-da! just set up automatic bill pay and then you don't have to worry about it. Then of course, be careful what you post on social media and, mm. Watch, look at your statements. I know in this day and age, it's really easy when you do set up your stuff on bill pay and you have your direct deposits and everything like that. And you're like, I'm good. Pay attention because you never know. How often would you say people ought to just go look over their statements once a week, twice a week, twice a month? Um, I would say at least once a month, but I would be a little bit due diligent and mm. at least once I mean, a week. Because if you catch something within the first week or two, that's it's much that's a easier. whole lot easier to deal with than yeah. if you've got six months worth of fraudulent stuff that you weren't paying attention to. Exactly. There is a a limit when you can go back and and say, this wasn't me. So, and usually it's 90 days. So definitely pay attention. Fraudsters will usually try for like a dollar at Mm -hmm. iTunes Mm -hmm. just to see if something will work. And then they'll be like, this is a, this is a good card. They'll wait a little bit and then try again for something good. They season the account so to speak exactly and so screwed up and they'll do it during the holidays when there's lots of other spending going on Mm. so that it just kind of gets in the mix so you don't notice it See, i think there's this perception that criminals are stupid people but or Mm. that they're lazy somehow (laughs) right but like this is work for them this is just the work they're choosing to do exactly you know because they can get more money out of doing this than they could doing data entry somewhere exactly for example Cool. They, they're pretty smart. So in terms of credit monitoring services, do you have an opinion on those? Yeah. I mean, A, don't use Equifax's provided <laughs> one. That, that should be. Yeah. Uh, other products like that. Um, what Do you have an opinion on those? Credit monitoring is, it's okay. But if you think about it, I did some research and in 2016, the most misused information with social security numbers was for employment. 34%. So that was somebody using your social security number to gain employment. To get a job. And that's not going to come up on a credit monitoring system because only lenders can report your employment mm-hmm. if they choose to. 
the only way that's going to ever come up is if the IRS says, wait a minute, these past few years, we've been getting W-2s from this other place and you're not reporting it. We're going to audit you. And then eventually it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Now, now what are the odds of the IRS doing that, seeing as though they're going to get the tax (laughs) revenue from... Exactly. So it's really probably only going to end up coming out... And this is something that I've seen when it comes down to Social Security, because when Mm. it comes down to actually paying out the Social Security that you didn't earn, technically, is when it really becomes a a sticky situation. So that's not going to be on your credit monitor. And that's the biggest deal. The next one is credit fraud, which is probably going to be a big lump of actual credit card transactions and people no credit fraud opening. is that is that where somebody opens accounts under your name that you're unaware of or the where they or is it all the same like they steal your account numbers all of that or yeah it's going to okay. be a big lump of credit transactions credit card transactions and people actually opening them so the credit monitoring is going to help with people opening them but not the transactions so it could help but is it worth the ten dollars a month when you can just be proactive and freeze your account mm. and watch your statements and shred your stuff and get your mail out of the box and, you know, do everything for free. Yeah, but that takes effort, Tori. And (laughs) and what people don't want to do is to do things. I know. Um, I find, especially uh, doing real estate, there are a lot of people in my industry who want the easy magic bullet to have success in their business or Mm -hmm. what have you. And they just, they want to pay somebody. They're willing to pay stupid amounts of money to not have to work. Yeah. And it, it seems like that's the case then with these there's simpler, more effective ways to do it, but mm-hmm. it, if it only costs you ten bucks and then you feel like you can sleep at night, that's what people are really looking for. Yeah, what, it, you're, what you're saying is that's probably not. I feel the like best it's way. a false security for sure. I mean, is vigilance rule number one: keep an eye on all your stuff, don't ignore it. Definitely, the sooner you catch it, the easier it is to start. Well, to stop it, because mm-hmm. then you can. Well, to start to to undo it, you know, yeah. if you have. Six bad checks somebody wrote on your account, that's easier to deal with than 25. Yeah. And then you also pinpoint exactly the day that it happened and you can try and figure out where the information was taken. If it was from a bill in the mail or a lucky guess, a lucky guess. When you first reached out to me about being on the podcast, I think you yes. were joking, so, well, sort of. Yeah, because there was another podcast where you were like, people, if you want to be on the podcast. Seriously, I need some people to interview. Yeah, and so I was like, I'm going to email him and say, can I come on your podcast and talk about cats? And to your chagrin, I said, yes, yes, you can. Yeah, and I was like, okay, whatever. So I don't know anybody who loves cats more than you. I love kitties. Is there a story here? Or do you just want to say I love no, cats for 10 just, minutes? Yes, for 10 minutes, I just want to say I love kitties. No, I don't know. Just cats are so sweet. Like, how can you say you don't love cats? I don't, like, love cats. My cats are okay. I feel about... <clears throat> I think it's similar to, like, I like my kids, but other people's kids I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. I don't like any other cats, but my cats are okay. You know, so it's, it's not quite as extreme. I like my kids better than I like the cats. Well, I would. And see, I'm curious about you. Who do you like better, Alex or the cats? <laughs> Alex or the cats. Depends on the day. <laughs> no, I, I probably would say Alex the most. Okay. But the cats are like really up there. Okay. So now the real question is you've got Alex and the cats. And then Bailey. Is Bailey below the cats <laughs> or in between Alex and the cats? It's probably Alex, Lucy, 
Bailey, <laughs> Sylvester, and then and then Gracie, and then Gracie, and then there's a dog in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex, Lucy, Bailey, oh, okay. Shenzi, okay, Sylvester, oh, Gracie, and Gracie, then and then the lab. Mocha. Oh, okay. Mocha doesn't like me. She's not my dog. She Bailey's dog She's before. She's Bailey's dog. No. She no. was supposed to be my dog. Ah. Oh, that, and she rejected me. That happens. Like a jerk, which is why she's named after my favorite thing, Mocha's. Isn't this a sad story? A like, bit. doesn't this make you want to cry? No. That your husband... Because I, cause I once bought a dog for Tia that was my dog. That ended up being your dog? Yeah. And then she bought me a dog that was her dog. And then we had kids and didn't have pets. And I successfully kept pets out of my house for 12 years. It was a wonderful, magical time. Well, you just screwed that up for 20 years. I broke my leg. I had guilt. <laughs> Tia was doing yeah. everything, and then these kittens were in our house, and she was so happy, and I was like, I want to make her happy, and that's why we have cats. Anything else? You good? Uh, yeah, I had a question for oh, you. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Um, so are you a jelly person or a jam person? Because I feel like this tells a lot about a person. I haven't decided yet, but I judge everyone by their choice. So, so now, hold on. You haven't decided if you're a jelly or jam person. No, I, I know. Okay. But, but I, haven't, I haven't decided what it, means, what it means, but I do judge people. Now, a jelly doesn't have fruit pulp in it, and yeah. jams do. Jelly is like the like jello. Yeah, the gross one, because the stuff with the fruit in it's the good one. Yeah, the jam is like real. Yes. Jelly is well, and we, fake. In, in, my, in my house... You know when you're growing up and there's certain things you eat as a kid and then you go like, you have to sleep over at someone's house and then they make you pancakes, but they're the wrong kind of pancakes. So they have the wrong kind of syrup <laughs> and it all tastes wrong. And you're kind of a little jerk about it yeah. to these nice people who are offering you food. So my kids are that way hmm. about strawberry jam because Tia makes homemade strawberry jam. What? Yeah. Okay. And that's all they'll eat. Mm. And so if they end up with store-bought jam, they're such little punks about it. Like, well, oh, no. I would be too if I got homemade jam. Okay, so you're a okay. jam person. I'm a makes, jam person, which makes me happy because okay. I'm a jam person too, and I don't. I think I don't like people who like jelly. I don't understand jelly because it doesn't. Like you try and put it on. Let's say you're making a PB and J, right? You put jam on the jam spreads, nice and easy. Cover the whole bread, right? All you do with jelly is you're punching a hole in the bread because it doesn't spread. <laughs> you end like, up with little it clumps. It drags the bread yeah. across. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us and your stories and your love of cats. And I honestly, I want to have you back on from time to time just to <laughs> issue corrections. But I really Perfect. want you to... Like, I just want to walk in the day after you want to correct me and just have my phone on just so I can get the first uncensored <laughs> All of the Tory vulgar correction. Yeah, I'll have to find out what frequency beeps things out because, you know, I have the clean label on this. But thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. And that does it for another episode of the podcast. As always, you can find me at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com or go to the website findinghomepodcast.com where you can find all the episodes up to this point and where all of the episodes will end up being from here on into the future if you would like to be on the podcast you know where to find me again you can use the contact form or email me or if you would like to talk to me about anything real estate related i'm your huckleberry so 
Hope you all have a great week. Next week, I'm really hoping to come back with a Halloween special. I've been working pretty hard on it. I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to pull it off from an editing standpoint. But I'm really excited about it. So hopefully it all comes together and I can put that out next week. So until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.